You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Making Money Online is sponsored by Nicola J. Rowley PR, helping entrepreneurs and brands get visible through strategic storytelling. If you're serious about being seen and impacting the lives of others, harnessing the power of PR is the best way to grow and scale your business. Visit njrpr.com for more details and read Nicola's best-selling book, The Power of PR. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's podcast. Today, I have a guest with me. So I am going to be talking to Celine DaCosta. Celine is a brand story expert and a high-performance coach. And I met Celine a few years ago. We were in the same mastermind. And actually, those of you that have read my Forbes article, um, you may have spotted that Celine wrote that article. Um, and that article went, went viral and um, got so many views, like 250,000 views in a week because it was written so well. And one of the things that I wasn't very good at is kind of coming forward with my story. Like I knew I had one. I knew these things had happened to me, but I didn't know like how to make that accessible to other people in a way that feels good to me. And Celine really helped me with that. So I wanted to talk to Celine about a whole load of different things today because you're going to love her. She's fascinating. Um, so welcome to the podcast, Celine. Thank you. What an intro. <laughs> you know, I like to do things differently. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> so there's a few things I want to talk about. The first thing I want to talk about is storytelling. Like you are a master at kind of pulling out people's stories from them, which is a difficult thing to do because we all have such varied lives with loads of things that have happened to us. But you seem to, when we first sat down, you seem to be able to kind of grab the things that you knew would resonate with other people. And so make a good story for the press, particularly um, really quickly. And that that story is now like in so much, so many pieces of press around the world and even on my website and things like that. Why do you think that you can do that? What do you see that others don't see? Well, the first thing is what I believe in. And what I when I do this work and I help people pull out and tell their story in this way, I have one guiding principle, which is that everyone on the planet has a story to tell, and that story has the power to change their reality. That's ingrained in, it is in my bones. So when you come to me and you say, hey, Celine, I don't know, I don't know if I have a story, like what do I do? There is no shadow of a doubt in my mind is that that story is there. It's just a matter of pulling it out. Yeah. So that's the first way. I'm relentless. I'm like a dog with a bone. So here's <laughs> a story. And this is, and I only hope to transfer some of that, you know, to people who say, but I don't know, I don't know. And maybe um, aren't ready to work with me yet. It's like, it's there. It is there. I promise you that. Um, the second piece is understanding that the very nature of storytelling Storytelling has become, you know, a buzzword in, in marketing. Uh -huh. However, here's what you need to know about it. It's in our DNA, Lisa. Like, it's just, we have been telling stories since we were cave people, painting pictures on a wall, you know, passing down for generations and generations, passing down lessons and stories in oration. Our brain is wired to receive storytelling. And this isn't just a theory. It's been proven over and over again that storytelling is 22 times more memorable than facts. That uh, when somebody is engaged, when their brain is, in, when we are engaged in a powerful, compelling story, it will literally change the biochemistry in our brain. It will release oxytocin. It will release dopamine and feel good chemicals that make us feel more connected, more empathetic, more social. 
So knowing that when I'm working with somebody, number one, it's yes, you have a story. What is that story? And then the second piece, because a lot of people struggle with, well, I don't want to just work vomit everywhere. Yeah. And I want to tell every single part of my story and people are not going to care. And you're right. They're not going to care if you just throw them like a big spaghetti of just like your story without you going through the internal process of structuring it and um, making sure that it is uh, consumable and palatable for the, the, the audience. And, you know, it's not, it's not different from when you're structuring a program, you got to put it into modules, give yeah. it a beginning, give it a middle, give it an end and make sure that it is tailored to the person that's going to buy. Similar with storytelling, who is your audience? Who's the person listening on the other side and how can you structure it? And so the way that I work with people is I have my own, which you've experienced. I have my own signature framework around the hero's journey. I don't know if you've heard of Joseph Campbell. He has like a 13 step hero's journey on how to tell a story, uh, you, you know, your core hero story. It's super complicated. I've taken it for the entrepreneur. I've boiled it down to five steps. And it's really around how do we tell your story in a way that is concise? It follows a trajectory of a journey, which is taking people through a beginning, a middle, and an end. And at the end, which is what a lot of people miss, because when they get very fixated with a hero's journey, then they become the hero. But what about your audience? Yeah, that's not, I remember you saying that before. (laughs) Like we think it's us, don't we? When we tell these stories, especially when we're doing it for stages, I think, like we start putting ourselves in the hero's journey, but actually who, what are we doing it for? Who are we telling the story for? It's not for us. Mm -hmm. Well, what I tell the very simple, easy way that I explain it to my clients is that think of, you know, um, Luke Skywalker from Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, Your journey is not, it's not about you telling everybody about how you're Luke Skywalker and you're this badass Jedi and like look at my story becoming a Jedi it's actually about sharing how you became Luke Skywalker tapped into your power made some badass shit happen and then you transitioned into being Yoda and now as Yoda you are able to take other Luke Skywalkers along on the journey and teach them how to do things so it doesn't stop at you at the peak of like I'm Luke Skywalker and I've done all the incredible things in my life. Look at me, look at me. But you got to take people through the transition. And this is who I became along the way. And here is how I have become the perfect guide for you to come in and become Luke Skywalker if that's what you desire. Yeah, because that's the whole point of the story. We're not telling a story for the point of telling it. We're telling it so that people can see that you are the right person to help them with whatever it is that you are you do exactly and that's what we did with your article and that's why it was so profoundly successful is because we took your story and we gave it structure so it wasn't just a big spaghetti it was at the beginning by the way guys (laughs) like literally when me I remember sitting down I think it was in Vegas with Celine and I literally just told her my entire life story so it did start out as just like an entire thing (laughs) we gave it a beginning a middle and end and then we asked the important questions such as Whose lives do you want to transform? And from there, we discovered this fire inside of you of like, oh my God, I want to help women liberate themselves from, you know, from the chains of corporate. I want them to be able to really come into their own business, come into their own freedom, live the life that they want. And when you got super connected to who your audience was, who was on the other end reading that story, then we were able to basically reverse engineer, look at your story and pull out all of the instances in your life 
where you were stuck in your own freedom, where you felt like you couldn't have what you wanted, where you felt like you weren't enough. And we took them, pulled them out and then told them in a narrative that showed people that there was something more that was possible and available yeah. to them. And you were the one who was able to show them away. Yeah. yeah. And I have people that say to me all the time, I really want to share my story. You know, some people have really personal stories, some, some things that have happened to them that are profound. And they say, but I don't want to put my whole life out there. You don't have to, do you? Absolutely not. And if you did put your whole life out there, you might actually bore some people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as people say, my story is too boring. I'm like your story is not boring. Trust me. We can pull out an interesting story but if you're just trying to like squeeze everything or like you know put everything into the sales page it's gonna it's gonna make some heads roll one of the things when you talk about storytelling it's really all based on relationships the relationship to the person that you are telling the story to the relationships in the stories that you're talking about and I think you're a bit of a master at relationships and I know that you've been learning and growing as you've gone along and I've seen a a massive transformation in you just in the last kind of four or five years but with relationships like you've been in relationships we've all been in relationships that have been difficult or that have you know it's been difficult to to start difficult to stop those kind of things you did something in a relationship recently that I was fascinated by you had a contract when you went into the relationship and from what I can see it served you very well throughout the entirety of the relationship including the ending of it can you tell us a bit about what made you have a decision to actually I'm going to have a contract for this yeah absolutely so you know, when I talk about stories, it's not just your, you know, what is your brand story? I also talk about what is your relationship story? What is your money story? What is your um, self-care story? So we have these narratives that we create around different areas of our life. And in the past, uh, one of the big, you know, you said you noticed a big transformation in me. And one of those really massive transformations happened um, a few years ago when I realized my relationship story is so unhealthy. I'm so toxic. And again, it's not about whose fault it is. It it was just the way that I grew up. I learned to love and to relate in a way where it wasn't healthy for me, where I would always, you know, be the one that uh, was allowing men to walk all over me. And and I I was attracting these really unhealthy men and really unhealthy relationships in my life. So I went on an entire healing um, journey around cleaning up my relationship story and really uh, reconnecting to what I'm worth and reconnecting to what matters to me and how I want to relate with somebody. And on the back end of that journey, I met my former partner. And when we met, uh, you know, one of the things that was really important to me was to have a healthy conscious relationship. And so that is where the idea of a relationship contract, or rather I'll call it, you know, uh, a relationship agreement came up because we were having a conversation about prenup and marriage. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm okay with prenup because I'm okay with two people coming together and having an agreement as to what it is that they want in case should the marriage end and for them to feel like super comfortable and safe in the relationship as a result. And so it came the idea of why don't we look at this for a relationship? And this is why just marriage? Yeah. Yeah, why just marriage? So we sat down and we created a document where we went through everything we could think of when it comes to what makes a relationship work. You know, it was pieces around treating each other. We had an entire clause on conflict. We had a clause on sex. We had a clause on breaking up actually, which as you said, you know, we've just uh, consciously uncoupled in the past few months 
And the breakup went so smoothly, exactly because we had a protocol. And so what, you know, a lot of people, they say, oh my God, a contract that's so formal. What about love? And, oh, uh, you're supposed to like go with your heart and go with your emotions. And we did. And we had the safety, you know, create, I really believe in creating a container with any relationship with any person, just the way that you do with a client, you have a container, right? And you have like cancellation policies. This is what happens if this happens. Um, This is how many times we meet. And of course, like, I don't know about you, but I know with my clients, I'll, I'll, I'm so flexible when there's a, when there's a contract in place, I'm like, yeah, of course, no worries. Like call me back at this time. There's so much freedom and flexibility within the contract. Because um, actually there's allows- a boundary. The freedom is there because there's a boundary. Exactly. Because there are boundaries, it actually opens me up to be so much more flexible than I would have been if there, those weren't clearly laid out. And it's the same thing with the relationship. We had these really clear boundaries and we needed to have these tough conversations in month one, as in, do you want to have children? Is marriage something that you desire? Um, you know, what's, what's your sexual appetite? What kind of things are you into? Also like, you know, things as in what's your, what is your attitude on tardiness? Are you somebody who's constantly late? Uh, and if you're late, how, what can we compromise on that? I remember we had a clause that it was like, he was being late for a bunch of dates. And I said, if you are 15 minutes or more late, you owe me a spa treatment. I love that. I love, <laughs> I love one. So you can be late and I get to have a massage. <laughs> no worries. So, so we really, it was a really playful and fun activity to number one, get to know each other, um, to assert our boundaries and really get clear what our boundaries are and have conversations that if we didn't have this agreement, we might have, have talked about these things until further down the line. And some of those things might have been a deal breaker, but we yeah. were able to really mitigate them right at the beginning. And that allowed us to relax and actually like be able to be ourselves in the relationship and not feel like someone like, oh my God, this person's going to cross my boundary or he's not going to understand how I feel about X. Even things like how do we argue? And I knew off the start his style of being in conflict, I knew that he's somebody that shuts down and he knew that I'm somebody that freaks out. So we were able to mitigate that and and solve for that um, towards the beginning. And I'll have to say that, you know, the relationship went on for a year and a half and, you know, people ask me, well, did that agreement serve you? And I say, yeah, actually it served me all the way to the end because we were actually able to make a really conscious decision on uncoupling by seeing the ways that we weren't acting in according to the agreement. So it was a really clear document that we were able to, and it was alive. Just so to be clear, we were constantly changing it, constantly updating it and constantly modifying it to any time that we like had a tiff or we, we came into conflict. Yeah, I think what I love about it is you're managing expectations. And in all other relationships in life, even friendships to an extent, you manage expectations. Like, when are you going to call me? And when are we going to go? Let's try and meet twice a month, like those kind of things. But in a relationship, you kind of go in headfirst with no, you, no one's managing any expectations. And then sometimes you do find out stuff that if you'd just spoken about it on the first date, you probably wouldn't have even started the relationship because there's things that, you know, maybe they don't want children and you do want children, or maybe they really care about, a certain thing political viewpoint that you don't and those kind of things and I think it would solve actually quite a lot of long drawn out relationships that don't need to be there but the when I saw it really come into its own with you is towards the end of the relationship where you know you weren't freaking out 
you weren't like how you would generally see somebody was breaking up with somebody would stop doing all the things that they would normally do. And you seemed very calm. I'm not saying it wasn't hurtful. I think all breakups are going to have some kind of hurt in them. But the way that you managed the process of it was actually quite inspiring that it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be warring with each other every time you break up with somebody. Mm-mm. And and you're totally right. Um, yes, it was painful. Yes, there was hurt. Yes, there was anger. And at the core of that, there was a sense of peace and calm and knowing that regardless of the emotions that were active, we knew how to treat each other and how to like communicate with one another and how to relate to one another. And more importantly, I knew how to treat myself because at the end of the day, I knew that I had set my boundaries. I knew that I was going to show up for myself. And that was what I didn't have previously before I rewrote my relationship story that was not available to me. And anytime that I broke up with somebody, I was just a wreck. Yeah. I just didn't know what to do. And even now I'm like, yeah, I am aware. And I even, it's funny because I even, you know, I did a masterclass on conscious uncoupling, really sharing my key insights that were super helpful. And then I wrote a manual for myself that's literally called what to do when I'm starting to feel unhappy in a relationship. And I just wrote out this like entire manual of like, for me, to me, of what are the things that I can do when I'm starting to feel that like, mm, I'm not super you know, feeling happy so that I can come back to myself. Yeah. So I see it as a process of like profoundly rewriting the story of how I relate with people and with men. And I actually, you know, I'm, of course, it's, it's sad that we broke up, but I'm grateful that I was able to experience a relationship like that from the beginning all the way to the end, because it creates such a sense of safety. Next time I'm, I'm you know, bringing in my next partner, I'm going to know how to uncouple with them. Even if I, that's not what I want, I know that I'm perfectly equipped for it and it doesn't have to be stressful. Like we, we just, um, you know, we're so afraid of things ending. We are. Just like societally, we're, we're terrified of death. But with death, like there's an inevitable opportunity for rebirth. And so when we stop, like we drop the fear and the freaking out and the anxiety around things ending, including our romantic relationship, what we can see is that with every ending, there's just going to be an opportunity and we can learn from it or we can drag ourselves through it until it doesn't hurt anymore. There's two different approaches. I personally choose to like take the lessons and hold myself through the pain and then walk away with these incredible lessons that I'll just take with me next time. That's such a good way of viewing things. It's just such a different way of of thinking about things. But I think you do think differently about quite a lot of things, like especially when it comes to relationships and stories themselves. Like you must hear, when you hear people telling their stories, we all sometimes give ourselves a story, a narrative that may not even be true, that makes us act in a certain way or do certain things in life so when people are telling you their stories you must be able to see when people are giving themselves a narrative that is stopping them that is you know making themselves sabotage because that must just come out naturally 100 percent um and that's when people are saying my story's not working my story's not working so i have the benefit that i'm a subconscious reprogramming expert you know i do nlp hypnotherapy i am in the deep, deep, deep into the subconscious. She does it for good, by the way. Any of you that have listened to me talk recently about like the bad side of it, Celine uses it for good. I use it to empower people. The way that I work with people is that, you know, I look at it this way. It's almost like, you know, the matrix, I see the codes and somebody's telling me the story and they're like, this story's not working. I'm like, oh my goodness, I can totally see here that there's a, you feel like you're not enough. 
because you can see it in your language right here. Um, there's a piece right here where I can tell that you're struggling with money because of the ways that you make it. You talk about money like it's a thing that's hard to earn. Uh, you know, there's another piece here where I can see that there might be some issues with your relationship because you're you're discussing love. And it, again, it's um, neurolinguistic programming and hypnotherapy. Like it's you can literally track what the subconscious and uh, issues are and the self sabotage is through the language that we use. So for example, when we don't do this work and we don't really look at what the inner story is and rewriting the inner story so that we can express ourselves externally, um, what ends up happening is that you're telling the story unconsciously. Of course, you don't know of the ways that you're revealing your subconscious patterns and people might not pick up on it consciously either. But what will happen, for example, if you have a really deep struggle with money, and in your story, you keep talking about how you struggle with money, um, you will attract people who also struggle with money. And so what ends up happening is that you'll, you'll end up because of your own self-sabotaging behavior, you'll start sharing a story that attracts people that, that just exacerbate the very thing that you're looking to get rid of. Yeah. So the, the, the antidote to that is really understanding what is uh, that story that you're telling yourself? And this is similar to what, you know, we did as well. We look at the story, like in its, all of it, we pull out the story and we get really honest and real with ourselves as to the part of the story that we're still not comfortable with. It's like, mm, I'm talking a lot about money, but I'm still feeling like I don't, I don't earn enough. I'm talking a lot about relationships as a relationship coach, but I still feel like I'm having these issues. And that's where the quote unquote inner work comes in, where you're just bringing awareness to the ways that you're self-sabotaging. You're doing the work to clean it up. And that's naturally going to reflect in the way that you communicate with your audience. And then, of course, we bring in the strategy on how to structure the story in a way that's that's more resonant with your audience. But it's really important to understand that, at, at, you know, at the, the pinnacle of this is really your inner story. You got to get honest and transparent with yourself, because when you actually start to resolve the self-sabotage and the inner story and what's happening in the subconscious, when you come out externally, you're naturally going to attract the people that you desire, earn the money that you want, and and share a story that feels truly aligned to who you are instead yeah. of being small. You know what I mean? I think, yeah, I totally get that, especially the being truly aligned to who you are. Because I think we can we can lie to ourselves really easily. We can justify things to ourselves. We can tell ourselves things that have happened to us and why we can't do certain things or why this has happened to us but actually it is all within us we are able to change everything I believe I believe we can rewrite our story to mean that we are the best version of ourselves going forward which is a brilliant thing to do and it's why I think storytelling is so important mm -hmm. so if somebody is thinking well I really don't know what my story is I kind of know bits of it I don't really know which bits are important which bits will help and they want to come and work with you where is the best place for them to find you yeah, absolutely. So the best place is my website, which I just relaunched. So I'm Yay. really excited about. Uh, <laughs> it is CelineDaCosta.com. Um, you can, you know, spell it, we'll, just spell it correctly. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> so um, there you can find, I do have um, several programs. You can work with me one-on-one. -on -one. I know that is not available to everyone. So what I do have is my school of story uh, digital course where you can go through and really understand how to uncover, uh, write and tell your brand story so that you can um, show up in integrity, in alignment with your story, with the world. So you can go and check that out. And another way you can find me is on Instagram. If you want to see how does this whole storytelling thing work anyways, the best way to connect with me is on Instagram. It's 
it's at Celine DaCosta. If you love this podcast episode, you know, take a screenshot, share it, tag me. I'd love to connect with you. Um, and you can see me on there doing some really fun things. I got some really fun travels coming up as well. And last but not least, for any other of the channels that you enjoy, I made it super easy. Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, it's at Celine DaCosta made it super easy nice and easy to find one of Celine's stories I will end with this but I need you to know this the whole reason that I think that storytelling became really part of Celine's kind of world is her own story is amazing so when I first started following Celine on Instagram she was traveling the world couch surfing basically like just living with random people that she didn't really know for days at a time seeing the world and like when you go back on Instagram you'll be able to see all of that if you go back far enough and you can see like all of the stories that happened because all of the people she met had a story everyone that she met in the street had a story and so her Instagram is amazing like filled with brilliant stories that you do need to go and read um, and still like me she loves to travel so we're always in different places sometimes we bump into each other in the same place around the world and and usually we're traveling in different places of the world so yeah go and have a look at Celine's Instagram because it's a really good representation of how you can use storytelling even on LinkedIn like on something where you only have so much room you can still use storytelling absolutely everywhere you can storify anything Everything. <laughs> thank you Celine, for coming on today thank you everybody for listening i will be back next week with our next podcast which i'm excited about because it's solo podcast so i will speak to you then thank you for listening to making money online with lisa johnson if you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online